Uh, good evening and Merry Christmas. Um, th- thank you for um, choosing to come out on a, a cold and wet evening and, and fellowship with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is good uh, to see each and every one of you uh, this evening. Let me pray for us and we will get started. Father, we rejoice in your goodness to us. God, we are thankful that you have brought us again as a body to an opportunity to sing praises to you, to fellowship together, to rejoice in your goodness to us. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, which we celebrate this evening and as we'll celebrate again tomorrow, as we have been celebrating all month. Father, thank you for choosing to bless us by coming to this planet, sending your Son to die for us on the cross. May we not forget that as we celebrate uh, the birth of your Son. Father, we look forward to our time together tonight. I pray as we share a little from your Word, as we sing together, and as we fellowship, that you would be glorified in all that we say and do. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. We have been uh, talking for the last month about four different characters uh, in the Christmas story. We began talking about Zacharias, then we talked about Caesar Augustus, and then the kids, uh, in a wonderful way, uh, shared with us about uh, the shepherds. And then just yesterday morning, uh, we talked about Simeon. And I want to remind you of some of the high points of, of those things talk a little bit, then we'll sing a little bit, and then I'll talk a little bit more, and then at the end as we sing Silent Night, we will um, all light candles. If you don't have a candle, if you missed that, they're in a basket out there by the door. The first week we talked about Zacharias. He was a man that, that had to wait on God not once but twice. Once they, they waited and were frustrated in that he and Elizabeth couldn't have a child, And then when the angel appeared and said, you're going to have a child, he doubted and had to wait some more, silently, unsure of when he would ever talk again because the angel didn't make it clear to him when he would talk again. And he waited. And we said that first Sunday, four Sundays ago, that the message of Christmas was that God intervenes in the lives of men according to his promise for the purpose of blessing the nations. And as we looked at, at Zacharias, what, what we saw is that sometimes, as we add little bits of, and pieces to that phrase, that God intervenes in the lives of men in His own time period, according to His time frame, not ours. And we saw as, as Zacharias learned to trust God's promises in his silence that he proclaimed, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham, our father. God intervenes 
sometimes mysteriously, because we can't figure out what he's doing. And certainly he intervenes despite our doubts. And that's good news. And so we're going to sing a song, uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The chorus of that is, Rejoice, Rejoice, Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel. And I want you to to put yourself in two places as we sing that. With one lung, (laughs) I want you to be thinking about, we do get to rejoice because Emmanuel has come. And we can rejoice in that. With the other lung, I want you to be singing, by faith, I'm going to rejoice because Emmanuel is coming again. See, we live, we live in two worlds. That world where redemption has happened and that world where our full redemption is yet to happen. And so as we sing, I want us to remember that we sing in hope. The first candle that we lit four weeks ago was the candle of hope. And so as we sing this song, think about the two places that you are in. Won't you stand with us and we'll sing together. Two opposite ends of the spectrum. We looked at the most powerful man in the world at that time, Caesar Augustus. And again, the kids helped us look at a group of folks that were the least powerful people, certainly in their culture. And one of the things that does for us is it reminds us that that God uses everybody. Whether Caesar wanted to be used or not, God used the most powerful person in the world to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. And whether the shepherds longed to be used or whether they wanted to be used and felt like they couldn't be, God used them to help announce the Savior's birth. So wherever you find yourself this morning, and probably most of you this evening, it's not morning, is it? You probably find yourself somewhere between the most powerful person in the world, some of you may be pretty close to that, or maybe some of you feel like, I have nothing to offer. And probably you're somewhere in between those, and the good news is, God desires to use you. What Caesar did was he, he caused for Joseph and Mary a, a great deal of discomfort. <laughs> Seventy to a hundred mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, depending upon which way they went. Nine months pregnant. That doesn't seem quite right or fair. And yet, as parents, you know that sometimes you allow your children to undergo hardship and pain because you love them. How many of you, when your kids were learning to walk, encased them in bubble wrap (laughs) until they got it perfectly down, right? Did we do that? How many of you, your kids had bruises and bumps? Anybody? Ours did. All three of ours. Knots on the forehead. We don't love them? No, we do love them and we want them to learn how to walk. And if if they don't 
suffer hardship, if they don't figure out that, oh, if I, if I don't balance correctly there, well, that's a long process. It's a painful process for, for them and for us. They don't remember that much anymore. I still do. Remember seeing those knots and thinking, oh, it just kills you. But you get them back up and let them go off again, right? You know that God puts us in situations that are painful for our growth and our benefit because He loves us. And so we, we lit a, a second candle and that trip, sponsored by the Roman Empire, which was no fun for Mary and Joseph, was because of love. And then the shepherds taught us to have joy because God could use even the least of these. God can use you in the lives of people. All right, that promise that God intervenes in the lives of people according to His promise for the purpose of blessing the nations, includes all of us because even though Christ came, there's still work to be done. There are still people that are part of the nations that need to be blessed. And so we, we lit a third candle, the candle of joy, because, well, we can rejoice. As we think about that child that was born and those shepherds that, that showed up to, to worship and to see what God was up to. So my encouragement to you as we sing another song is, am I availing myself where I am? Regardless of how I feel I'm worthy or not, am I availing myself to allowing God to use me because He's still up to things? Let's stand and sing again. And then, uh, just yesterday morning, we, we talked again about Simeon, that man who waited, waited for his death and waited for life, waited for the salvation of his people, and maybe in his mind, we don't know, from Roman oppression, but at the same time, because of what the angel said, was waiting for his death. That when he saw that salvation, he knew that it was time, or at least the opportunity, the, the marker had been passed when he would no longer walk the earth. And the way he waited is a, is a testimony to us. He waited righteously. He waited as someone who feared God. Unconcerned about what his life may have been for, what he feels like he may have missed out on had, had the Messiah waited a little longer. He could have lived a little more, done a little more. And the scripture says, he, or he said, now your servant can depart in peace. He was content. He was satisfied with what he had seen and what he saw was a person. We talked about he didn't see a set of rules to follow. He didn't see this man come in with a sword and a shield and armor and an army. He saw a baby. And for him, that was enough that God would somehow in some miraculous way fulfill His promise through that 
child born to a set of very poor parents. And he was content. And he said, now I can depart in peace. Four characters that we've looked at. Hopefully each one of them allowed you to get a glimpse into what God's modus operandi is. What he's up to in this world. And what he's up to is intervening in my life and in your life according to that promise that he made even to Abraham so long ago for the purpose of blessing the nations. And the question is, will we allow him to use us? Or will we, like Zacharias, doubt? Will we, like Caesar Augustus, think, I'm above all of that? Will we, like the shepherds, think, I'm below all of that? Or will we, like Zacharias, learn to trust? I don't know if Caesar Augustus ever learned, ever knew what his decree of a census accomplished. Probably not. Ignorant of the fact that God was using even him. My prayer is that we wouldn't remain ignorant of the fact that God desires to use us. The shepherds understood. They understood that God could even use them. As we walk out of this room tonight, would we not forget that God can even use us? Though sometimes it seems like we wait. And we wait. God, when? When will you answer that prayer? When will you heal that disease? When will you solve that problem? When will you restore that relationship? God, when? And will we wait righteously, trusting that God knows what He's up to, even if it's uncomfortable for us, even if it's painful for us, even if we don't understand. Remember we said we want answers, we want, we want things to all work out, and God works in mysteries. And will we be content? Will we live a life of peace? And is that peace based on the person? As Simeon said, I've seen your salvation. He was looking at a person. Is that peace based on the person of Christ? If it's not based on the person of Christ, if it's based on anything else, then it's ultimately an unsatisfying peace. And it won't last. And so as we think about those four characters, and as you put yourself in, in one or all of their shoes, please know that God wants to use you individually to bless the nations. And He wants to use us collectively to bless the nations. And so as we have done the last two years, do again, we're going to light candles. You all hopefully have one. We're going to make this room dark if, if possible. There's still a little bit of light out there. We can close those doors probably. Because light overcomes darkness. Darkness does not overcome light. And so as we sing one last song, um, we'll pass around the light. As you get it, pass it to the person next to you. And then when we're done, we'll, we'll hold them up. As, just as a, a metaphor, a reminder that no matter how small or insignificant you think you are, you have an opportunity with other brothers and sisters in Christ to be a light where you are, in Cherokee County, in your family, with your neighborhood, with your friends. And that light is able to overcome darkness.
So Brandon and Amy are going to lead us in one more song, and we will pass around a light while they do that.